you know, as you work through this, it, it does, there's a couple of things I was thinking. First of all, this is one of those things where you shouldn't take anybody's word for it. You should do, you should study the scriptures and you should do the work uh, of, you know, putting together these these years and just count them up. The Lord put them there. So if the Lord put them, put them there, then study them and see what you can gain from them and learn. If nothing else, it gives you a sense of context when you're looking at the scriptures and you're reading Isaiah, and then your next, you know, in your Bible reading schedule, then the next day you're in in Numbers. You ought to know how far apart these things right. are. Right. You know, it gives you a sense. Yesterday, uh, Scott was preaching from Nehemiah, and when the people heard the word of the Lord and they realized that uh, they were not obedient to the law. They had not been observing the Feast of Tabernacles. And the Bible says that uh, since the days of Joshua, the son of Nun, the children of Israel had not observed the Feast of Tabernacles. How many years about? And you do the math, and how long is that? It's roughly a thousand years. A millennia. A millennia. Nehemiah. Nehemiah, Right. So now you have a fuller sense of, this is a big deal. Like King David... King Solomon, you know, all of these, through the days of the judges, all these guys, they're not observing one of the feasts that they were commanded to observe. That's a great, because many times I will address someone and they'll say, well, I can't, I've believed this my whole life. I can't change now. Mm -hmm. And I use that analogy all the time. Well, the people of Israel hadn't observed this for a thousand years, Mm -hmm. but the word of God showed them they were wrong and they did it. Right. Right. The word of God must win over anything. Right. Mm, right. Over anything. Well, I've got a bunch of. Yeah. I don't so know just if this photocopy is that, and I don't yeah, have yeah. to do the research. And we'll just stick <laughs> it. We'll just stick it through the internet here, and right. right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Username at Slim Jim. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you can use his hashtag not ushers chronology. Right? That's right. So basically, yeah. what this is, it is you know I've got the years and the corresponding scripture references, so it's. It's a combination of um, the genealogy as well as um, there's some other verses which gives us a space of time. For instance, how long Israel was in Egypt. Um, those are key. But, and then with one key verse, we can put it all in time. And then we can just, you know, we know exactly how many years are between the fall of man and the flood. We can know that to the year because of this. We can know to the year how many years passed between the birth of Abraham to the beginning of the sojourn in Egypt. Uh, We can know that exactly, uh, right to the year. We can know um, how many years it is from the Exodus to King Solomon. The Bible tells us. Do you have on that, in that, um, from the prophecy, okay, so the wise men. We call them the wise men. They knew when to come to Jerusalem. I, I don't have that only because um, we don't need it mm-hmm. to do our, uh, um, for our perspective, okay. we don't need it. Sure. But uh, because... But do the scriptures give witness to that? They, yes. Yeah. That would be Daniel 9. Mm-hmm. That's how the wise men knew what the star meant. So can we look... I guess my question is, can we look at an example so that a listener understands nuts and bolts, this is how you, sure. know, you would understand... How, how about we do years. this? Turn to Genesis 5. Okay. Genesis 5 
Um, and then one verse in Genesis 7 will tell us exactly how many years between Adam and the flood. Um, and it's important that you do this because I think what some people do, they misunderstand. They'll say, well, Adam lived 910, so I take 910, and then Seth lived, and I add 900. You add nine, no, you can't, that, do, that. You can't yeah. do that. That's not what you do. Um, you oh, have to oh, put oh, down... Sh- oh, shoot. I guess I need to go back and re-preach a bunch of things <laughs> right now. I'm just gonna... Go ahead. You have to give how many years old the father was when he had his son, not when he died. And it's the Word of God... Well. Why does the Word of God tell us how old Adam was when Seth was born? Why, why does the Bible give us that information? Well, we can use that information to, to date things. You know, verse 3, the Bible says, And Adam lived 130 years, and he had his son Seth. So I write down 130. Mm-hmm. So there's 130 years between Adam and Seth. So I write down 130. Then I go to verse 6. How old was Seth when he had his son? Well, verse 6 tells us he was 105. So I write down 105. Then, so you just go through this process. So Genesis 5, 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, 21, 25, and 28. That brings us to the birth of Noah. So you just write down 130, 105, 90, 70, 65, 162, 65, 187, and 182. And that brings us from Adam to the birth of Noah. And by the way, it's important we know these overlaps. This is how preachers know that, okay, there's only one generation of information between Adam and Noah. Right, yeah. For instance, Noah's... I can't remember whether it's Lamech or Methuselah. Methuselah was alive when Adam was alive. Right. Yes, yes. So Methuselah could hear firsthand from Adam about the events of the garden of, and the fall. Exactly. So Noah is hearing this secondhand. I mean, this isn't... When it says that Noah, the... What is it? The eighth person or whatever it is. He's not eight generations away from the knowledge of the garden, he is one generation away. He, he sat on his grandfather's knee and heard about Adam. So I think that's neat. And you, you learn that through the genealogies. And so the first thing you do is you write down these dates using those references. And then we need one more date. And that's Genesis 7 and verse 6. And that tells us how old Noah was when the flood came. So I add that genealogy and then 600 years. Mm -hmm. So that means between Adam and the flood was 1,656 years. We can know that precisely. And isn't it interesting? The Bible tells you the exact day of the month when the flood came. Right. It's it not just, happen. oh, somewhere in this year it happened. Yeah. Right. No, it tells you the exact month and day. That actually does bring up a question, though, and that would be Genesis 7 and verse 11. The Bible says in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month. And so I've often wondered, um, Noah is 600 years old, 
But then it says in, in the 600th year. So I'm 49 years old, but I'm in my 50th, 50th year. 50th year, yes. So for chronology purposes, based on that, would it be accurate to say that you said 1656 if you add right. those numbers up, but could it be 1655 and one month and 17 days? Do you see where I'm going? Sure. There are other spots, like, for example, um, 1 Kings 6.1, 480 years from the Exodus to the beginning of the construction of the temple. But it says also in that same verse, I believe, that it was Solomon's... Um, the fourth year of his reign. Fourth year, uh, but the second month, first month, second month, something like that, which means only three complete years and into the fourth year. And so I've kind of plotted out, if you will, 479 years. And some might look at that and say, well, the Bible says 480. Yes, but in the 480th year, on one of those early months, well, if you're going to put a timeline together, do you have to acknowledge that as 479 years that have passed? And I've often wondered... If that's the case with the uh, with the flood, it says Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. Kind of a general statement. We know that the flood lasted for little over a year. Um, in the 601st year, I think if you go up to chapter eight, came to pass verse 13, 601st year, the first month, first day of the month. Uh, and so on, and then you ultimately get the day that they, they left the ark a little over a year later. So those are the types of things that that I try to study out a little further. And, exact. And maybe. Yes. Hey. Yeah. Now, and I do not disagree with you one bit. Um, at the end of the day, you add, end of the day, there we go. There we go. Boom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You add that up, we're not talking significant, you know, probably if we did that every time there's a reference, we're adding five years or taking away five years. So it's not, Mm -hmm. well, there's our millions of years that we've been looking for. Mm. (laughs) No, great, Brother brother Scott. That is a good point because, you know, what's interesting is, uh, I can't even remember how old Chad and Josh are, but when the year 2000 came, everyone's like, woo! Oh, a yeah, new millennia. Yeah. Yep. Well, the new millennia didn't actually start till 2001. But, right. you know, it just, you know, my head hurt. You know, I just I just gave up trying to explain that to people. So there's no year zero. So uh, to complete the millennia, it you... You had to get to the end of 2000. Right. Not when you, a, not when when you count hit. to 10, yeah. you have to include 2001 technically was the beginning of the next millennia. Correct. Not, yeah. Right. Right, but no. So that's going to your point. I absolutely, see that. Yes, absolutely. So, so that's how we get from Adam to the flood. Just believe in the Bible, what the Bible says, and it. It's interesting um, that it gives the years. Um, you mentioned how long were they on the ark? It was definitely. And again, when I study Genesis seven ten through eleven, Genesis eight thirteen to fourteen. They were, on, they were on the ark definitely more than a year. Um, I have a number down that I, again, I'm not going to get down on the carpet. Uh, 381 days, mm-hmm. I think they were on the ark, which is definitely more than a year. Could be more than that. Could be less than that. But it's definitely over a year. Right. So in doing your chronology, um, you have to account um, for these things. Although, 
uh, yeah, you have to account for how long they are after the, on the ark because the next genealogy picks up in chapter 11 and our time reference is the flood. Right. Um, and it actually starts in verse 11 with Shem. Um, I'm sorry, verse 10. Right. The with the birth of, of Shem. How do you pronounce that, his son's name? Arphaxad? Right. So the Bible says, what is it? I haven't got there yet, but it's two years after is yes. when he was born. Shem was 100 years old and begat Arphaxad two years after the flood. And the question that would come up, okay, is that two years from the beginning of the flood, or if there is that two years after the flood after, ended? After and they, they left, came out of the ark. After they came yeah, out of right. the ark, because the answer to that question, you're going to be plus or minus a year. Right. And at, at the end of the day, I, I'm pretty sure that the, the answer to the exact age of the earth is there, but it's written in such a way that we, we probably won't ever be, be able to fully sure. know completely because of questions like that. Um, you can put different models together and different timelines together, and I've done that for fun and, and been able to plot out then possible dates for future events, though there really is, is no way to know um, with certainty until it happens. Um, I have a question. <clears throat> when you're calculating years, are you calculating years based upon a 365-day year or on a 360-day year? That's a great question. Yes. Right. And is I it know Jewish calendar or is yeah, it? Right, right. Well, well even, and that's it, the thing, even in the Jewish calendar, and... it corrects for that. Mm -hmm. yes. Every third year, the Jewish, they have a 13th month okay. to correct mm -hmm. because they go by the lunar month, mm -hmm. uh, which is... The lunar month is 28 and a quarter days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and the Bible actually names that 13th month, and they use that to make up for those additional days. Okay. Right. So um, could be wrong on that. Again, you know, I know we're, our desire is to be absolutely precise. After it's all said and done, we're talking about a very small amount mm -hmm. of time versus mm -hmm. billions of years mm -hmm. is, is what I like to tell folks. But that's well, another that's another thing to think about as well is Jewish calendar or mm -hmm. our calendar, because they are different. An that's interesting right. question that goes off of that, though, is do you think that God's original creation, Genesis chapter 1, that the solar year was exactly 360 days and that there were exactly 12 lunar months of 30 days each. And so that was the literal calendar pre-flood and that just the upheavals of the of Noah's flood put it to the Messed everything 65 up. and a yeah. quarter and the 29 and point whatever. Well, I think, okay, so when is the first time an organ... Okay, so I guess the question is who decreed the months? You know, God decrees months for Israel. Mm -hmm. Are, you know what I mean? So it's did God set up months? Did he break things? He bro certainly broke things into a lunar months by the cycle, mm -hmm. right? But they're, I don't know, it's a tough question. I mean, he, changed, days, he changed their calendar right. in Exodus 12. Exodus right. 12, yeah. He right. said, this shall be the first month for you. Right. And so he changed that so that the significance of him, take, of him taking them out of, e of Egypt... They would always remember. That's how they begin mm -hmm. their mm -hmm. Jewish year. Oh, the Passover. Your Bef question. Well, go ahead. Before that, it's, and these shall be seasons and uh, out of Genesis 1. Mm -hmm. So you're asking, you know, did the flood alter the structure of the year 
because of the flood. Because we know in, in the days of Peleg, right, the mm-hmm. earth was divided. I guess there's two angles on that. There's the the language or nation angle, but there's also the continental angle. You know, if there was a shift, I don't know what you think on that. I've always taken that reference to refer to Babel and the division of the people, the division of the languages. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think mm-hmm. all the upheavals of the continent shifting, all that would have happened during, the, during the, the flood. The flood. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Well, Same we, here. We yeah. do know, according to Matthew 24, that God is going to alter the days during the tribulation period. He's yes. actually right. going to shorten them. Yes. Correct. Mm-hmm. Which not, means... Not the number of days, not the number, but the day itself. But the days will no longer be 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's going to shorten them for the elect's sake. Mm-hmm. Right. Or else they'd all perish. So, right. so, so time is relative. It is. I mean, to God. To God can, it is. Yeah. And can he not and there change? Are, if he goes and do that in the future, can he not do it already Right. In the and past? there are examples in the scripture where he did alter He's, time. He stopped the sun right. for Joshua. Right, right, right. So, right. Yeah. yeah. That's why, and again... Uh, that's why when we get into the days of creation, I know that, you know, th- there are other things to consider, I guess I would have to say, mm-hmm. is that, okay. Um, That's a good word. Yeah. God is not held. Now, he sets, there is the law of nature that God has established. But at any time, he can step into that. Mm-hmm. You know, who is, you know, what manner of man is this that the winds and the waves obey him? He mm. can step into the law of nature and stop it uh, at any time. Um, he, the sun, and that's interesting, <laughs> future podcast, sun stands still. I thought the sun is already still and the earth revolves around it. <laughs> I, I don't mean to get into all of these. Uh, for those of you at home, you just want to look up geocentrism <laughs> versus, versus heliocentrism. heliocentrism. Right, right. Right. But is the earth flat? <laughs> Let's get back brought, to the genealogy. <laughs> I think I brought that one up on another one, too. Yeah. To okay. answer your question from a few minutes ago, though, that as far as is it 365-day years, is it 360-day years, um, I, I guess I, you know, when I study this out, I, I don't really pay too much attention to how many days in the A year is mm-hmm. a year. When the Bible says a year, it, it means a year. Um, now, I know that, uh, and it was mentioned about Daniel's, prophecy the 70 weeks and the 490 years and um, it was Robert Anderson who I think kind of popularized that idea of prophetic years 360 days Mm -hmm. so he identified a decree and and even though it was like 476 of our solar years uh, he calculated, did the math with the days and the leap years and all that using 360-day years to get the 483. But I've also seen I've also seen that decree pegged at a different date to where it would be exactly just 483 normal years as we would see them um, to to that end point, same end point, different starting point. Um, those are the things that just make it difficult. And you just have to keep studying and uh, and keep looking and, and ask the Lord to show you um, some of those questions. Like I said, kind of before, I I don't know that they'll be definitively answered uh, until we're able to see clearly. You know, after these things have taken place, we we know the rapture is going to happen. We don't know when it's going to happen. Mm. And I've often wondered to myself, after it happens, will we look back on whatever that date was and see? Oh, I see that now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hindsight. Right. <laughs> I'm sure you all are aware of this, but maybe our listeners aren't, that 
it's been recently in history that our calendar was completely changed. I don't know yes. if you all are aware of this, but mm-hmm. I think in the 1750s, I think they changed our calendar. You can still um, uh, look at the names of the months. You know, September sept is seven, mm-hmm. but it's the ninth month. October, October, October is October, eight. Oct is eight. Yeah, Nova right. is nine. Deca is ten. Right. Um, so in the 1750s, they changed our calendar. New Year's for us used to be March 1st. Um, what I find to be interesting, uh, look at a very famous person in history like Joshua, Joshua, George Washington. If you ask or if you look up on Wikipedia the birth of George Washington, it will say uh, February 22nd, 1732. Well, that's not when he was born. Um, they not only changed his birth day, the day he was born, they actually changed his birth year. He was actually born on February the 11th, 1731. But as you know, February used to be the final month of mm-hmm. the year. Mm-hmm. Well, in the 1750s, during his lifetime, one, they found, they discovered that the calendar was off by 11 days. So they changed his birth day to February the 22nd, but February is now the second month of the year and not the uh, 12th month of the year. So they changed his date of birth from 1731 to 1732. So we're saying that to say it's only been a little over, you know, it's been about 200 that long however ago. many years, well, yeah. almost 300 now, that our calendar, that is why... Now, we don't celebrate Easter, but the vast... That is why, okay, the Jewish calendar begins with Passover, which used to mimic our our year, how it was constructed. That used to be, it would fall in the first month of our year as well. Um, the, reason, the reason why Resurrection Sunday is not on the same Sunday every year is because it goes by the Jewish Passover. That's right. And of course, there, which is lunar, which changes constantly. That's why it sometimes it's in March, sometimes it's in April. So, so it changes. You know, it's funny. You know, we're talking about the three hundred and sixty versus the three sixty-five. Um, how many degrees are in a circle? Three hundred sixty. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and who who created that? Well, that was Isaac, Isaac Newton. Newton, who, um, although not a Jew by birth, was a Jew by religion. It was as far as the, the understanding of the Jews. And so that's why he, hey, that's one revolution around the sun is 360. So 360 I thought it was degrees. sun stand still. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> you guys learned a lot on that history tour last week. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff, man. But you know what I mean? It's right. like even the, and Isaac Newton was what, 1500s. So when he was 360. So I just thought that was interesting to point that out. Sure. Whenever you see the seasons displayed, it is never winter, spring, summer, fall. It is always spring, summer, fall, winter. It's because that's how our year used to be constructed. Yeah, the the green, the newness. Who would would have the new year in the dead of winter? Who would have that? (laughs) Uh, But anyway. um, But you even take that back further, and, and I think before God changed their calendar, it would have gone fall, winter, spring, summer. 
And that kind of corresponds with the, the night coming before the day, the, the Jewish evening before the morning. It doesn't say the morning and the evening that we would typically think. It says evening and morning. And so it's just it's very interesting just the way things, the way God changes things, the way man tries to change things. And here we are 6,000-ish years into this, and it's Ish. all very confusing. Yes. Right. Yeah, confusing to, to pinpoint it exact, but not confusing if you're looking at kind of the bigger picture. Last week I met this missionary to Israel who I really enjoyed. We're going to have him at our church. He is American-born, but he was born Jewish. You can tell just physically looking at him. He is Jewish, and but he's saved. He's trusted the Lord, and now he's gone back. He, he's been in Israel for two, three decades. And so I was talking with him about some biblical things, and he stopped me a couple times and just said, okay, you're, you're thinking American. You're not thinking Jewish. You know, Ooh. that this is written in a Jewish perspective. Ooh, and he good. corrected me on a couple of things, and he was absolutely right. That's good. I was like, ah. And he just talked about how the reason why some of this is confusing to us is God has written this in the Jewish perspective, and we're trying to Americanize it. It's like a blonde-haired Caucasian Jesus, you know? We, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's how we picture things, and we just try to cram it into our thinking. He didn't look like Brad Pitt? <laughs> I look. All right, back to the genealogy, shall we? Let me just give this. I can give this to you quickly. Um, you begin again in Genesis 11. So we've got the 1656 plus or minus a year or so. Um, again, dependent upon two years after the flood, is that when the windows of heaven broke or is that... I believe it's when they got off of the ark and were given the command to be fruitful and multiply. Um, that's what I personally believe. Again, if I'm off, I'm not going to argue with anybody or fight with anybody. Um, but in Genesis 11:10, we add two years. 12, we add 35. 14, we add 30. 16, we add 34. Genesis 11:18, we add 30. We add 32. Uh, in verse 20, 22, it's 30, 24 is 29. The only one is the very last one. It doesn't tell us exactly how old um, Abraham's father was when Abraham was born. If you look in verse 26 of chapter 11, and again, we have to make a couple assumptions here. The Bible says, and this is the only time this is done in the genealogy, and Terah lived 70 years and begat Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. Now, it also doesn't say how old Terah was. It gives the span of his life, That's but true. it just says he lived 70 years and had three sons. It doesn't say he was 70 it doesn't when these say three sons he were was born. Yeah. 32 when Abraham was yeah. born. So what I did here, right or wrong, I went down through the ages from the guy you said, Arfaxad, and I got an average. If you, if you average out how old the man was. When he had a son, yeah. I, I get 30 years. Could be 32, could be 40, could be 50, you know. Also, we're assuming that Abraham, Abram is the firstborn. We have to assume 
because Abram is listed first. No, I think you can use other scriptures because it typically would I don't think that's list... much of an assumption. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It would list the firstborn first. We're we're taking the assumption that Although I believe we do is say pretty Jacob strong. And Esau. We don't say Esau and Jacob. Scripture does say Jacob and Esau. There's another good example of that, and that's it says Noah lived 500 years and had Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Japheth. But there, Japheth is called the elder. Many take that to mean he was first. He was first, and that Ham was mm. actually the youngest. Um, so the interesting thing about that is I, interesting. A lot of chronologies have Abram born when Terah is seventy. But then verse thirty-two, the days of Terah were two hundred and five years, and Terah died in Haran. Uh, Abram enters Canaan at the age of 75, and I think it's Stephen's sermon in Acts where he states that that was after Terah had died. So if Terah is 205 when he died, and Abram is now 75 entering Canaan, subtract the 75 from the 205, and you get Terah at age 130 when Abram was possibly born. Hmm. Um, That's a 60-year difference that, uh, again, on the scale of uh, an evolutionist, that's nothing. But when you're trying to put together 6,000 years or even 4,000 years of Old Testament history, 60 years is significant. You have to decide, okay, which one am I... Because because you're right, there's not that explicit statement. So, like all the rest of them. Like all the, the rest. So right. you have to put a couple of things together to and, and then come up with your conclusion. And uh, I know one argument against what I just said is, how is it possible for Terah to have Abram at age 130, and yet it seems like Scripture indicate it was such a miracle for Abram to have a son, or at that time Abraham, at 100. At 100. Um, but what I feel about that is that uh, Abraham went on and even had more children. After Isaac. After yes. Isaac. Um, so I think the miracle has more to do with Sarah being past the age of childbearing than Abraham just being older. Abraham lived to be 175. And so, uh, you know, Abraham didn't look like he was 90 or 100 years old when he was 90 and 100 years old. He was middle-aged, to be honest, because they were all living to be 180, 200 years in kind of that range. His father lived to be 205. Um, So those are... And Those are just po- things you have to consider. This is post-flood, which is significant. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I've also heard those say that Abraham, Nahor, and Haran were triplets. I don't know if you've heard that I, before. I've heard that. Right, I, I don't which know would also you... mean Noah's sons would have had to have been triplets, too, right. if we're going to say, well, it just means that they had triplets. And, well... Can't, can't, I don't know whether you can disprove that, can't but say no. I don't believe it's very likely. I know, no, but the yeah. scriptures, though, when it comes to whenever there's twins, like, like Esau and Jacob, right? The Bible identifies, and there's Which other instances, there's other instances, um, Pharaoh's, right? Yes, there's yes. a there's Judah and right, Tamar. Yep. there's clear indication that there were twins, and right. so I would push back against the I agree, I don't argument. believe they were triplets, I yeah. just believe. Right. It's making a generalization here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and it's symmetry between the two uh, genealogies, because Genesis 5, you have 10, and then Noah the 10th, it lists three sons. And then here, from Shem to, uh, you know, Terah is the 10th with then three sons three listed. Sons so listed. there mm-hmm. is that symmetry in the Right. It's interesting because you think about symmetry in time, you know, because we're going back to this original idea of, is it possible that the creation week reflects the number of years 
of time and Christ's millennium. There are 15 generations, right, between Abraham and David, isn't it? In Matt, 14. 14. 14. 14. I'm sorry. So there's specifically listed 14 generations between Abraham and David, Mm -hmm. and then between David and the captivity, captivity, and then between the captivity and Christ, are there also 14 generations. So Mm -hmm. there is symmetry in God's ordering of things in time, right? Mm -hmm. Fair? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so this genealogy, and again, we bring up some places where we need to discuss a little bit. Uh, There's two more that is added to, that's not an official genealogy, but we have to consider. One, we have to consider how many years are between Abraham and Isaac, which everyone knows that. Genesis 21.5 tells us that there's 100 years, Mm -hmm. so we add 100. Then the Bible tells us how many years are between Isaac and Jacob. What we don't realize when you study the Bible, uh, we think it's incredibly significant that Abraham waited 25 years. Isaac waited 20 years. We, ne- we don't even think of that. Isaac and Rebekah were married 20 years and had no children. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Bible says, so here's the next reference, Genesis 25, 26 tells us that um, Isaac was 60 years old when Jacob and Esau were born. Were born. So that's another piece of time that we need to add to our list. Um, 25-26, the Bible says, And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. The Bible leaves nothing out, which I think is very key. Well, the genealogies take us right up to um, two key verses of Scripture. But there's one space of time that we don't have that God gives us, which I think is so cool, because uh, the genealogies take us up to Jacob, the birth of Jacob, and then we have no more genealogy here to use. But God doesn't leave anything out. Um, The next space of time that God gives us is between Jacob and the beginning of the sojourn in Egypt. Um, I find this so fascinating, and it just goes to show how God leaves nothing out. Genesis 47, Jacob has come to Egypt. He has brought, you're familiar, the nation of Israel has come. It's 70 persons. The Bible tells us exactly how large the nation is. And Jacob stands before Pharaoh. Pharaoh asks The very first question Pharaoh asks Jacob, how old are you? Why would he ask that? (laughs) It's because this is is what we need. This is a period of time that God gives us. Genesis 47 and verse 8, And Pharaoh said unto Jacob, How old art thou? And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are an hundred and thirty years. So I believe Jacob is saying he's a hundred and thirty years old mm-hmm. as he stands before Pharaoh. So that takes us from Jacob, where I believe this is the beginning of the sojourn. I, I don't believe the beginning of the sojourn is when Joseph was taken, although if it is, the Bible tells us how many years he was there. 
True. But I believe it's when Israel as a nation went there. And that's because Jacob is Israel. Jacob is Israel. Yeah. Because then, okay, so now we're at Egypt. So now two more verses and we're done with dating the Old Testament, I believe, with a couple places of discussion. And that is the Bible tells us exactly how long Israel was in Egypt. That's Exodus 12 and verse 40. The Bible says it was 430 years. So I believe that is when Israel went, who is Jacob, when Israel went to Egypt until they left. Exodus 12 and verse 40 says, Now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. So we add 430 years to that. Then the, the key verse for the whole thing is 1 Kings 6.1. That without 1 Kings 6.1, Usher wouldn't have his chronology. He wouldn't have it because right. just because you have periods of time, you don't know where to place them. I could talk about a 20-year period of my life, but if you don't know how old I am, you don't know where to place that 20 years. But 1 Kings 6.1 not only gives us a period of time, it tells us where to put it. And this is what we need. And it's 1 Kings 6.1. It talks of Solomon. Sorry, 1 Kings 6.1 is in a different part of my Bible. <laughs> 1 Kings 6.1 gives us two pieces of information which we need. One is, it tells us how long between the Exodus and Solomon. And it came to pass in the 480th year after the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt. So we know at the writing of, at the time of this, it's 480 years. But notice the other piece of information that it tells us where to place it, where to place this. In the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel. Now, as Brother Sandy accurately said just a little bit ago, is this three years and one month? And absolutely. At the end of the day, we're talking about one year is mm -hmm. what we're talking about. Here's where we go to Israeli history. Israeli history will tell you the dates of when Solomon reigned. And the date that they give, I believe it's 965 B.C., was the fourth year of Solomon's reign. Mm -hmm. So that's where Usher gets 1445. All he does is, is he adds 965, and he adds 480 years to it, and that's 1445. Mm -hmm. So that's where he gets the 1445 Exodus. Mm -hmm. He gets it from Israeli history, which tells you when the fourth year of Solomon's reign was, and he adds 480 years to it. Mm -hmm. And But see, now that we have this, okay... 1445 is the Exodus. They wandered for 40 years. Conquest of Jericho is 1405. Mm. BC. See, so now you can start putting dates to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now right. you can start dating these things. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yes, I completely concur. There's a few places where, for instance, how old was Terah when Abram was born? You know, there's some years there. Um, how long were they actually on the ark? There's some discussion there. Uh, after the flood, 
okay, was that after the windows of heaven were broken or was that when they, when they got the command yeah. to be fruitful and multiply? Okay, so we could argue a year, let's say. So there are a few places where you can add a little bit of time. Can you add thousands of years? Absolutely not. Can you add millions of years? Absolutely not. Can you add perhaps 60 to 100 years? Maybe. A few decades. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Maybe so. And the statement then about 4,000 years of Old Testament history is still accurate. About, Correct. You know, four millennial days. Absolutely. Yeah. 2,000 years from Christ to if at the end time prophecies, you know, take place here within the next handful of years, you'll be able to look back on, you know, almost a, an, an exactly 2,000 year period of the church age. Mm -hmm. and, and we know the Bible makes it very clear that the millennial kingdom is 1,000 years. And so in conclusion, yes, I, I think the Bible very much supports a, mm -hmm. a 6,000 year chronology with a thousand year kingdom, mm -hmm. and, you know, six millennial days with a seventh millennial day of rest. And mm -hmm. this isn't foreign to the word of God. The seven letters to the churches in Revelation, I understand there's a little bit of discussion about that. I pers Here's what I personally believe about that. I absolutely believe that those were seven literal churches that God wrote to. Um, but they are also, I believe, prophetic. They're obviously prophetic, yeah. obviously. Uh, but they also um, denote periods of time for the church as well. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I do. Mm -hmm. And that, that's not... So what we're saying here is... It's, it's not foreign to the scriptures that right. there's, there's more than just what is said, that things can picture other things. Right. Dual fulfillments. Yes. Right. Yes. right. right. Well, that was fun. Hopefully you're helped. If you missed any of those dates uh, or if you missed any of those references, uh, please do let us know. But uh, the point that I was trying to make at the end is that, okay, now that we have this period of time, then we can say, hey... Moses was born in 1525 BC. I know that because of what we just did. I can tell you that Israel entered Egypt in 1875 BC. They got out in 1405. Abraham left the Ur of the Chaldees in 2090 BC. Um, we can know those things because of what we just did. And um, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. A lot of fun. Yeah, um, I like that. You know, and I hope this was a help to you. I want to thank uh, Brother Scott for being with us. Again, we want to promote, please look up the Seedline Ministry. Please do that. Our folks just thoroughly enjoyed that. I know South Liberty's enjoyed that as well. And my can mother... You give, can you give those um, website addresses again? Sure. Um, our website, nebseedline.org, stands for Northeast Baptist Seedline. So nebseedline.org. Uh, would direct you to our site. And then, of course, uh, BPS stands for Bearing Precious Seed, bpsmilford.org. Uh, that's the printing ministry in Milford, Ohio, ministry of First Baptist Church there. And there's, there's a wealth of information on that site as, as well. Awesome. awesome. Well, we're going to say goodbye at this time from Backwoods Theology. Depending on where Brother Scott is, he may or may not be with us again. Um, but we'll look forward to that. We'll see you this next coming Friday at Backwoods Theology. God bless. Mm -hmm.